This episode brought to you by Audible, and today you can receive a free audiobook and 30-day free trial by visiting audibletrial.com slash richtakeonsports. Listen to your audiobook anywhere, anytime. Taking sports to another level. Welcome to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Exploring the latest headlines and going behind the scenes with in-depth interviews, hearing personal stories and the impact of sports in their lives. Here's your host, Richmond Weaver. What time is it? This is episode 54. I am your host, Richmond Weaver, and glad you're listening through whatever format that might be. And thanks for being an investor by investing your time to listen. Talent and determination are a powerful combination in sports and even in any type of career or endeavor, but that doesn't always mean the path to success or reaching your goals and dreams is a straight path without any type of setbacks. And our guest this episode, Alicia Gray, has been that example of talent and determination as she's a rising star in the WNBA with the Dallas Wings. She was named the WNBA's Rookie of the Year in 2000. 2017 after being selected fourth overall by Dallas. Now, after starting her college career at the University of North Carolina, she would transfer to the University of South Carolina, and after sitting out a year, Alicia would help lead the Lady Gamecocks to the 2017 NCAA Championship under head coach Dawn Staley and the first title in school history. With only a few hours to celebrate that national championship, Alicia and her family made the decision to forego her final season of college eligibility and enter the WNBA draft, where she would become an immediate starter and star for the Dallas Wings, helping them advance to the playoffs while averaging 13 points per game and 3.9 rebounds per game, and she also led all rookies in steals with 1.5 per game. Now, she's on track to earn her degree from South Carolina this May 2018. And now, episode 54 with Alicia Gray. Well, Alicia, you're too kind to spend some time with me being able to share your journey. I know we're early on in your journey and you're back in Columbia here at the University of South Carolina, back in school. So tell me, what's your typical day like right now? I know you've got to be exhausted here at the end of the day after all these classes, what's your typical day like? Well, every morning I typically get up at 5.30 a.m., go work out at 6.15, hour workout, and then come back home, shower, get ready for class. Class typically runs 9 to 5.30, sometimes 6, depending on the day. And then after that, uh, I'm kind of relaxing, but more than likely I'm preparing for the next class day because I'm either on air or running um, control room or something like that. You're focusing on broadcasting. Is that something that you want to do when your career in the WNBA is over that you want to be on TV or are you more behind the scenes type of uh, person? When I, when I first got into broadcast journalism, uh, before I actually like took this class, I was more of a behind the scenes person. But actually like 
being in front of the camera now, like I, I would like to be in front of the camera, but more in the sports category because within the class of sports, you produce your own show. So I would like to be a sports producer or a sports commentator. So what's the hardest class that you're taking right now then? Uh, it's actually one big class. It's four classes in one. So it's called CNCMS. So we do, uh, well, we just started going live, but I'm out of rotation this week. I'm on political crew. So I've been out getting stories. Cause I got I to gotta, I gotta make a political package. So technically, it's like you, you rotate through different spots. Like you'll be a sports anchor, news anchor, weather. You'll be camera operator. You produce the show, direct the show, uh, run clips, uh, technical director, audio. So it's basically a news show, and you, they teach you and prepare you for the real world for newscasting. So you're doing it all, jack of all trades, it sounds yeah. like. <laughs> well, it's even more of a challenge, I can imagine. How hard was it actually coming back to take classes after you had been in the WNBA and obviously being named Rookie of the Year? Was it tough being integrated back into, all right, I've got to go take classes again? <laughs> well, not really, because throughout my uh, whole rookie year, I was still doing online classes. And I mean, I would have had to come back regardless, because before me leaving for the draft, me and my parents talked about getting my degree. I mean, they're big on education. Like, my dad's a high school principal. He was my high school principal. So, I mean, they're real big on education. Education is always first. So, made a promise to come back to school after my rookie year to finish. I mean, I was already in school mode because I was taking summer class throughout the season. So, I finished this and I graduated in May, so I'll be done. So, you're on track to graduate in May. I am. Yes. I know you've got to be excited about I'm that then. so excited. <laughs> be done, right? Yes, I can't wait. <laughs> and I imagine your parents will be excited as well and oh, obviously yeah. very proud that you're able to follow your dream of going into the WNBA but making sure to focus on coming back and getting that degree. So when you look back, obviously your parents have been a big influence, but think back to your earliest memories growing up in Sandersville, Georgia, and you're now WNBA Rookie of the Year. Was that ever really a dream of yours when you first gravitated towards sports that one day you could be in this position? Uh, not the not the WNBA Rookie of the Year. I mean, I always dreamed of uh, being able to make it into the WNBA as a young girl. I mean, that's the reason I stayed in basketball. Like, I wasn't playing basketball just to play basketball. Like, I had goals to achieve and that was to make to the WNBA. And that was my biggest goal to achieve. So, as I started Going up through the basketball world, like going to college and you realize you're on Division One level, you're like, wow, I'm one step away from the big the big leagues. And to be able to come to that dream is just a dream come true. How early was that dream then? When do you first remember that day that I want to play in the WNBA? Uh, I had to be around like eight or nine. I mean, seeing, uh, I mean, even like watching women's basketball, college basketball, I mean, that, that inspired me to keep going, but like, I have to say around eight or nine, that's when I was like, I, I, I have a goal to make to the WNBA. And was basketball your first love? That was the one sport that you fell in love with, or were there other sports that you were playing as a young kid? Uh, I played a lot of, I played a lot of sports growing up. Uh, softball was one of my favorite sports okay. also. I mean, I love softball and I still love it to this day. So I have to say softball and basketball, I, I love both of those sports. Do you still get to play softball occasionally? Uh, when I go like to like Frankie's, I'll go in like the batting cages <laughs> and swing to knock off that rust. But other than that, that's the only time I play. It's all focused basketball yeah, now. Yeah, basket, basketball I mean, you're professional. Yeah. You better be focused yeah. on basketball, I, yeah. right? Just basketball. <laughs> now, what about 
your family and you have a very athletic family. Your oldest brother played at Troy, Marlowe. Mm -hmm. Your younger brother, AJ, is playing at Georgia Tech. And imagine your sister, Ashley, is going to be just as athletic. So mm -hmm. how competitive was the Gray family growing up? Oh, uh, real competitive. <laughs> like, it's been several times my parents had to shut stuff down. Okay. We get to arguing and stuff. Nah, my parents ain't play that. But I mean, I mean, growing up with siblings, I mean, Ashley, she was younger. So basically, I grew up with two older brothers so I mean they definitely made me tougher and the and they made me realize like you can't cry about stuff like because then they just <laughs> okay. laugh at you and just look at you and it's like real competitive and I figured out the only way I can beat them is just become as good as they are and I mean they definitely instilled toughness in me but we definitely argued argued and fought a lot but my parents ain't play that no, was they there, shut it down. I can imagine <laughs> your dad is principal of the oh, high yeah, school, so my I can mom, imagine. My mom be telling all that. Oh, so it's yeah, more of your mom mama, was the yeah. disciplinarian. <laughs> <laughs> now, was there ever any stories that you remember vividly about you and your brothers competing and getting out of hand? Yeah, we was playing, uh, we played, a, we was having a real intense game of one-on-one. That ain't in so well. My parents ain't play that. We, we, they had to shut it down. <laughs> now, did they help motivate you as well in a positive way? Obviously, they were there, you were competing with them, but did they give you support during the times that you might have not played well or you might have been down? Were they there to help support you as well? Yeah, definitely my oldest brother. I mean, him going to Troy State, like he's been through the recruiting process and the process of an athlete. So, I mean, and I look, I look, I looked up. Well, I still look up to my oldest brother. I mean, he was somebody I aspired to be like when I was younger. Also, just seeing how like cool and how going to his football games and basketball games, and, like watch him play sports. I mean, I just love hanging around my big brother. And I mean, AJ. I mean, he was a little younger than us, but I mean, we we're basically one year apart, so we basically grew up together. Also, I mean, it's just overall. I mean, both my brothers inspire me, but they inspire me in different ways. But my oldest brother, I, I want to be like him when I, when I grow up. Now, did AJ? Did he look up to you then, as the big <laughs> sister? Yeah, I mean, it, it's like one of those things where like. I do something like, all right, now you got you got to step it up. You got you got to make it big time. Like, I I went Division One, so I would mess with him, and like it's kind of cool now because now people at first he was like Alicia Gray's brother, but it's kind of cool. Like some people like get mad, at me, but I think it's kind of cool when people like, oh, you AJ Gray's sister, and I'm like, yeah, that's me. Like oh, that's it's kind of it's like it's cool to own up to the name regardless, because like we're both like doing it big. For each other so it's fun overall. I can imagine that's got to be a great feeling to it see is. his success at Georgia Tech as, as well. It's great. Now I just need him to not play so well against Clemson. That's <laughs> my only thing right? <laughs> and, we, and we will be good. Now what is going on in Sandersville, Georgia that a small town produces such great athletes. It's amazing. Like We've had Takeo Spikes on mm -hmm. the podcast who's out of Sandersville. Mm -hmm. So is there something in the water in Sandersville that produces all these athletes? Hey, I guess it is. I mean, I, I got a cup of that water too then. I mean, <laughs> yes, yeah. you did. I mean, it's kind of cool that seeing like small town people make it big and you're able to, people are now like, I mean, they still may not know Sandersville, but they can be like, they heard of it because like, it's actually made it out of Sandersville, so it's kind of cool to put your city on the map. For sure. Now, what was the uh, source of motivation for you early on in your sports career? Was it to 
prove people right that believed in you or to prove people wrong that might have doubted you? I mean, with me, my whole my whole basketball career, I've, I've, I've been kind of like under the radar. Like, I've always been like that person that I would do big but not get that recognition for it. But, I mean, I was a humble person, so it didn't bother me. But then after a while, like, you kind of realize, like, I deserve, like, some of the recognition. Like, I'm doing just as well as this person, but back to me being humble, it doesn't really bother me. But... My whole basketball career, I've been like kind of under the radar, not that known person, but I walk in the gym and I leave the gym, everybody know, know who I am. So for me, it was always for me to prove a point. Like, you may not know me now, but you'll know me when I leave. And so you proved your point on I the court. I proved my point, yep. I can understand. <laughs> now, so who were some of the idols that you looked up to when you were in high school? Uh, Diana Taurasi, uh, Lisa Leslie, Back into the college days, everybody loved Candace Parker, Maya Moore, players like that. I mean, I always looked up to them. And then it's crazy that now, like, being on the WNBA level, like, I'm actually, like, holding conversations with these people. And, like, they actually know my name. So I feel kind of cool when, <laughs> when they say my name. Like, you talking to me? Like, you know my name. So, I mean, it, it's cool. How was that the first time you're competing against some of those superstars that you might have looked up to? It's crazy because uh, my first WNBA game of the season, we played against Diane Taurasi, and I was, I was like a fangirl. So I see I'm warming up everything, and I see Diane Taurasi walk out, and she goes to warm up. And I just walk to half court, and I just sit there and just watch her warm up. And then, like, I'm guarding her like, rookie, first WNBA game of the season, I'm guarding Diane Taurasi. And then, like, first game, she don't know me. She called me Rook. <laughs> then the second time I played it, she called me Grace, and then in the league, everybody calls me Gray. So when she said Gray, I was like, okay, I got a little respect. Like, you earned your respect, didn't you? So now when I see her, it's like, oh, what's up, Gray? Like, it's cool. That's got to be a great moment. Now, what about getting there? You did have some ups and downs in life. We all go through them. And what I mean by that is that your senior year in high school, you tear your ACL, your MCL, and your meniscus, so you have a serious knee injury that where you missed almost your entire senior season. How was that from a mindset perspective? Was there a little bit of doubt that came into your mind or was it more, now I'm going to be even more motivated to prove people that I can be on the court? Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you, like, it, it definitely like took a toll on, on me because like, I feel like at that moment I was at like the peak of my career. So when that injury happened and all that stuff, like I definitely was like sad, like really sad. And, and it made me it made me rethink the game of basketball. Like, dude, do I really want to come back and play? Like I really was sad. And then not, not being able to, I'm a very independent person. So being not able to do stuff on my own, it, it makes me sad also. But I was able to get out of it by the strong support of my parents. Like they always motivated me. It was like, they pushed me to go hard and therapy they was always like you you're gonna come back just fine and everything in the support of my siblings friends like they're they're the ones that motivated me to come back even harder and better than the person I was before but, and was your dad a big part of that yeah yeah my my dad I, my dad is a big 
big part of my career. <laughs> now, how was it though, growing up with your dad as the principal of the high school? Were you ridiculed, or was the Gray family, <laughs> you know, made fun of that? No, oh, I mean, we got to watch out for Dr. Gray. I mean, in high school, like I was, I was quiet, so I didn't really talk to nobody. Like I would go in, mind my own business, like, and I would, I would act. I was a good child, like. Your dad's a principal of high school, so like, why would you act up? Because you don't want to make your dad look bad, and you don't want people saying, "Oh, how are you gonna be a principal controlling kids? You can't even control your own." <laughs> so it's like that. So I mean, I, I mean, I was a good child. I never gave my dad any trouble in school. Like I was there to learn. You play games out of school, and then it was cool too. Like seeing my dad in the hall is like, "Hey, dad, can you move or see him at lunch?" Hey, Dad, talk to him and go until, on with my day. And so you called him Dad, even in the hallway. Oh, but yeah, that's Dad. I'm not. Okay. That's Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't matter what the environment was, mm -hmm. at school or not, that's he dad, was Dad. Yeah. I ain't not, not Dr. Gray Dad. Yeah. Well, that's obviously a great bond with father-daughter. <laughs> I have a 14-year-old daughter, and I have two sons as well, mm -hmm. an 18 and a 16-year-old. And But there's... There's a special bond between a father <laughs> yeah. and daughter, so I completely understand that. Now, moving into college, how difficult was it the year that you had to sit out at South Carolina? What's the challenges knowing that you want to be on the court playing? Uh, it was definitely tough. Um, coming off like the career I had in North Carolina and then having to sit out a whole year, it was definitely tough. It's hard being able to actually watch the game when you want to be involved so hard, but I mean, and then like the, the we was basically an off season the whole year. Like the workouts we did we was an off season the whole year. But I mean, it definitely just made me. It just and but sitting out really opened my eyes to the game, and it showed. It made me realize that like I can take this season to work on to make myself stronger or, or do stuff like that. And with that, I took the off season that to slim my body down, change my diet work on my game and it helped me out a lot. Okay. So what does your training look like now and your diet now? What, what's your typical regimen for you? Uh, I mean, I, I go to Orange Theory and train every morning. Uh, someday I do t I'll do two a days Orange Theory in the morning, then I'll do a court workout or some days I'll just do a court workout. But then I want to also not overdo my body. But pretty much as food, I've cut out red meat. I don't eat red meat anymore. Uh, a lot of grilled food, and I've upped my vegetable also. But I drink, I drink way more water now also. I mean, I'll have a Gatorade here and there, but no sodas at all. I mean, Powerade, Gatorade, and just water or water. Now, do you have a sweet tooth, though? Oh, yeah, I, I got to have my candy. I, I'm not throwing out candy. <laughs> so you haven't been able to let go of the sugar. No, no I'm not throwing out candy. Everybody <laughs> needs candy. <laughs> I'm a big believer in candy as well. I've got a big sweet tooth, so I 100% agree with you on that. For that season though, that you were sitting out, you had mentioned it was tough. It seemed like just a year of off-season training. So what did that look like? Were you able to get enough time on the court that you felt, or is it more just trying to stay in shape and, like you said, slim your body down? Oh, I, well, sitting out was a lot because we would practice with the team. We would do scout team, and on scout team, depending on how many practice plays you have, you're going the whole two, three hours with no break because you're on scout team, so you're constantly running. Then on game days, we would have a court workout and then weights after that. So, I mean, we was in constant rotation. Even like when the team traveled, we had, we would um, hook up one of the, uh, the men's team trainers and 
he would help make sure we got our workout in. So like we basically had no breaks. So we would be in practice. We would have to do the film with the team. So the only thing we wasn't doing was playing the game. So we was doing everything else. Well, that's a bummer, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's the, I know that's what you that's wanted the to reward, do. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I'm that, doing all this stuff and can't even play. That is the reward, <laughs> actually, getting on the court. And I know that had to be difficult that year because the team was very good, but just couldn't get over the hump getting to the national championship. And, but now moving to the next season, you guys have an unbelievable stacked team. Get to the national championship game. You win the whole thing, the first title for the University of South Carolina and Dawn Staley, so I know it had to be a magical moment. Was there, though, a little bit of frustration that we wanted to play UConn? No, I mean, we, we did our job. We made it to the national championship, so whoever made it, I mean, a national championship is a national championship no matter who you play. So, so you I mean, we did our job, so... I'll take that national championship. Yeah, so uh, you, yeah. You did, it didn't matter who you played. Yeah, it there, didn't matter. There I wasn't any wanted... extra motivation that you against UConn. No, because, I mean, Mississippi State is a great team also. I mean, SEC, I mean, it's a tough conference. So, I mean, we did our job made to the national championship. It was like whoever we played, it really didn't matter. So, I mean, we just go out there and give it our all either way, regardless of who we played. Yeah. And so what was that moment like when the zeros hit the clock and you know you're a national champion? I was, I was shocked. I was like, but like, it's crazy because like, you, you, you don't realize like you're in a national championship game and then they call out your name and then you, you look on the court and you're like, wow, I'm in like the national championship, like the biggest stage in my college career. So it's just crazy. And, but I mean, the crowd didn't, the crowd didn't get to me because I mean, colonial life, we averaged what or even more than what was at the national championship. That's right. So that was a normal crowd to us. But it was just the fact that we're in the national championship and we have a chance to be national champions. And, like, I always, like, you know how you imagine, like, being there, but, like, to actually be there is a whole different perspective. So I was so nervous. <laughs> I was so nervous. And then I scored my first two points. I was like, okay, we can get going. But overall, it was, it was a real fun game. Now, I've always read that even Tiger Woods still gets nervous at any tournament on the first tee. So for you, talking about that nervousness, do you still get butterflies at the beginning of each game, but then in, right when you score your first basket or your first foul, then you calm down? Oh yeah, no matter what, like, ever since I've grown up, I mean, we can, we can play like maybe the sorriest team in the league, I'm still nervous for every game, no matter what, until I either get a steal, make a good play, or score. Then I'm like, okay, generally is going. But before every game, I'm always nervous. And what's your game day routine? You listen to music or relax? What, what do you do? Uh, I mean, I, we have like, we wake up, shoot around. Then I shoot around, I go home. Always, I love eating pancakes, eggs, and turkey bacon before, before the game. Well, when we have home games, I always eat breakfast before the games, no matter what time it is. Pancakes, eggs, turkey bacon, or sometimes I'll make biscuit, eggs, turkey bacon, but it's always gotta be breakfast. Then I'll take a nap, but sometimes I don't take a nap because I feel like it makes me drowsy, but it depends on how I'm feeling. I'll take a nap or not take a nap, then go to the game, get dressed early, do a little court workout before the game to get, get a sweat going, then tip off. And it's game time. It's game time. You're ready to go. <laughs> What about that time where you win the national championship, 
but then quickly you had to make a decision mm -hmm. as far as what you're going to do. So what was that like for those few days? It had to be a blur of trying to celebrate a national championship, but then also having to make a decision to forego your college eligibility and enter in the WNBA draft. What was that like? Uh, it was crazy because um, I actually almost missed the, the WNBA draft deadline because the day we landed from the national championship, my dad called me and he was like, you know, like the WNBA draft. I thought I had like a week or two to like think, cause I always, cause at, at first, my first initial line, I'm coming back to school to get my degree, but then as time actually hits, you have other other thoughts in your head. So my dad <laughs> called me and he was like, um, you know, like the deadline, we landed at like, I don't know, like three or four-ish, five-ish, and the deadline was at uh, like 11.59. So I had like five hours to decide if I wanted to declare for the draft or not. So talk to my dad, talk to my parents, yada, 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 made the decision, boom, I'm declaring for the draft. And I mean, at first, you know, you have your, your doubts, like, I'm leaving. We just won national championship. Imagine next year's team. We having the same exact team next year. But at this point, I'm like, my my dream was like literally within touch. So I'm like, it's there. So why not chase it? And then I found out that I graduate the same day. Even if I would have stayed for my fifth year, I still would have graduated the way I'm graduating now. So after I found that out, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm gone. It made most sense just yeah. to go ahead and try to secure your dream, yep. right? And what was draft night like when you hear your name? announced oh my goodness i was so nervous my <laughs> hands were sweating and like you like you don't know like when i mean you have like a range of when you're gonna get called but like you don't know so i mean you just sitting there and i'm nervous and like before you get picked like a camera come to your table so like when like the Dallas pick came, a camera came to the table and like the lights cut on. And I like looked at my dad and my eyes got big. <laughs> then they was like, with the fourth pick, Dallas select, we should go. I was like, finally it's over with. Because yeah. the anticipation too real. And you had no idea of exactly when you were going, going to be drafted or had Dallas been talking to you up until that point? No, like you, you have like no clue. Like you kind of know your range. Like I was kind of predicted from two to six and you don't know where you're going, so you just sitting there like, I mean, some like obviously you know who like the number one pick pick is going to be, and number number two pick. But I was ranged from two to six, so I didn't know. So I'm just sitting there, and then Cameron came to our table, and all those lights cut on. I don't know, my head just I, like I just got done playing. I was sweating so bad, but when it was over, I was like. Finally, thank nice. you. Thank I can, you. I can chill now. Yes. Well, you're doing great things, and obviously here in Columbia, you're involved in giving back with a camp for young girls. So, does it seem real knowing now that all the people that you looked up to when you were younger, now you've got young girls that are looking up to you? Yeah. It, it's just it's crazy. Like it's just amazing. Like that young girls like look up to me like I'm, I would have never imagined this like it's like little girls that's like actually like fans of mine it's like look up to me and watch everything I do that's why I have to be like very particular of the stuff I do because I always think like it's always this young girl looking up to you that wants to be like you so I never want to disappoint so I, I just I just stay as positive as I can as a role model and set good examples because I know little kids are watching Especially my little sister, I mean, she definitely looks up to me and I just try to be 
the, the best role model I can for her also. Now, knowing that you're still in your journey, though, how has sports made a huge impact in your life? Oh, it is. Sports has taken me places that I never would imagine going in like for free. So that's the best part. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it's just crazy. Like sports has, has invited me to meet new people I thought I'd never meet. I mean, making new relationships with people. I mean, and you're doing all this by playing a game you love. So, I mean, basketball is basically my job. And it's just great that I'm getting paid playing basketball because that's all I got to do, play basketball. The I've, thing always, I love. I've always said if you can find something that you're passionate about and people will be willing to pay you for it, you've hit the gold mine. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about any words of wisdom, any mottos, quotes, or phrases, or just life advice that has meant a lot to you that you'd like to share? Uh, just like for me, with my parents, they just tell me like continue being myself. I mean, do what what you've done to get you to be so successful. I mean, my parents once again plays a big a big part in my life like there I go to them for everything like if they don't like something I don't like something so it's you basically got to go through them to get to me <laughs> okay. but like it's just like be yourself and like stay the course and like stay inspired to what you want to do like don't don't let anybody tell you you can't do something because that should motivate you to even want to do it more if it's a good thing but uh just stay the course stay inspired and like continue to work hard because hard work definitely pays off those are excellent words of wisdom. And I imagine you're a video person, a video game person, oh, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. now the big question though is, are you happy with your player profile on EA Sports NBA 18? Uh, I, mean, I, I, I mean, it's the first time, so I mean, of course, it could be like improvements, like nothing is good the first time. But to even see myself on a video game, I mean, my name down there, so I know it's me. But <laughs> it's kind of funny looking at me because I'm like, that ain't download nothing like me. But I mean, just the fact to be on a on a video game, I would have never imagined that growing up. So that means that shows like the WNBA is taking big steps also. Without a doubt. And Alicia, it's been a pleasure talking with you. And I know you've got a much bigger career ahead of you, but I can't thank you enough for spending time with us here. Thank you for having me. We know there's going to be so much more to Alicia's story as she's really just beginning her path. And even though she has had some setbacks, like the knee injury she had in high school, missing most of her senior year and making the decision to transfer schools in college, that's not an easy decision or a path that one goes down, but she's been able to stay focused on her dreams that she's had as a child of playing in the WNBA. And now while she has reached that dream of making it to the WNBA, I'm confident that this is just the beginning. And when you combine the support of her family with her talent and determination, the sky's the limit for her as she's only beginning to truly spread her wings. Now that finishes episode 54, and remember, focus forward so we don't live in the past. All the best, everyone. You've been listening to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Visit richtakeonsports.com to subscribe and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. You can also follow us on Twitter at Rich Take Sports. Thanks for listening.